listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. So, as I said, we're going to be talking about creation. We're going to be talking about Genesis 1. And the first thing I want to do is ask you a question. Do you think that God is good? I don't want you to give me the answer as a rhetorical question. I want you to think about it. And I don't want you to automatically say yes because you're supposed to or because you've been taught that. Um, I want you to really think about it. Do you actually think he is? Do you believe that without... Uh, do you actually believe that without God, everything is meaningless or dark, messy, broken, chaotic? That without God, there is nothing good and nothing can actually be good without his touch? In a world today where there's death, where there's cancer, homework, where there's anxiety, depression. Is it, is it really true that God is still good? Is, is he good? I want to wrestle with that tonight. So, with that being said, if you want to turn to Genesis 1, we're going to read all of Genesis 1, so bear with me. And I think we have it up on the screen. Cool. So, Genesis 1. This might be a familiar passage to all of you, or maybe no one's heard this before. So, really wrestle, yeah, really think about, is God good? So, here's Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And, that he, and then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. He called the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water until the vault or separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening and morning the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the ground land, and the gathered waters he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years 
And let there be lights in the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights. The greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he made the stars. God put them in the sky to give light on the earth. And to govern the day and the night to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth. So God created the creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water comes from. And that moves about in it and according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and water in the skies. And there was evening and there was morning on the fifth day. Then God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their words. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds and the livestock according to theirs and all the creatures according to theirs. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over all the animals and over all the creatures. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then we're going to go to chapter 2 and read the first three verses. And thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. So that was a lot. But I think it's purposeful. I think reading scripture in long chunks is not bad. But as I said, do you think God is good? All throughout Genesis 1, we see that what God makes is good. And so I want to focus first on verse two verses. And I want to make my first point that in the first two verses, we get a glimpse of what life is like without God. We see that the earth and the land and everything, like the whole globe, was formless and empty. And it was dark all over the waters. These words kind of get at the meaninglessness or the pointless or the scary and dark or the chaotic or disorder that the world was before God created everything. And I want you to think, uh, I want you to think of a cup. I want you to think of an empty cup and it's just sitting on the table. There is nothing really good about it. It's not useful. There's nothing in it. It's empty. It is pointless. It doesn't work. And I want to, well, actually, Mikey, you want to get the lights? Darkness. This is what the earth was like. It was empty and pointless and it was dark. All right, you can turn it back on. That's what the text says. It's dark. Darkness in the Bible is usually not the best term. Um, So we see in verse 2 that we get a picture of what life is like without God before he did anything. And there's another translation that says, The earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, and inky blackness. I like kind of the three. It's, It's just empty. There's nothing 
in it. There's, nothing, there's no life in it. And I want you to think, if you're a Christian or if you're not a Christian tonight, do you ever feel like that your life is pointless? That it's messy, scary, or it's dark? Like things aren't the way it should be. I want to say, without God, the creator of everything, and you, and me, and all the plants and trees and the skies and mountains. Life, without him, life is actually meaningless. It's empty, it's dark, it's broken. And maybe you're in here thinking that your life is dark. Maybe your life has just been shattered to pieces a week ago or years ago, and it's still hard to see how it all is going to be brought together. One of the biggest ways I think I've seen my life without God in this darkness is uh, growing up, I had six brothers, two sisters, um, which meant one thing and one thing only. We were a really competitive family. Uh, I would never compliment my brothers on anything good they did and vice versa. I'd always try and be passive aggressive, make a backslide comment, um, never really encouraging them. A lot of tears, a lot of meaningful or hurtful things said to each other, a lot of wounds. Um, and also, on top of me just not being nice to my siblings or even my parents, I thought that I could get away with a lot. Uh, there was one time, junior year of high school, <laughs> looking back on it, it's so stupid. And I know all of you, you're going to have memories looking back on high school, you're like, why did I do that? But this is, this is one of mine. I was at a baseball game, told my mom, told her that I was going to stay for the JV game. Left the JV game, didn't tell her I was leaving. Snuck, or went over to my girlfriend's house. It was great for about 10 minutes. And then my mom would just texting me so many times, missed calls, where are you, blah, blah, blah. And I had to reap the percussions of my lie to her, my, uh, dishonest, my dishonesty. And this is kind of uh, what it was like for me when my life was without God. I was like wondrously aiming, I was doing whatever I wanted and it was a mess. I was sad at points, um, really lonely. And I want to ask you, have you ever fought with your parents? Have you fought with your siblings? Have you fought with your friends? Have you lied? You might not feel bad about it. But if you do, do you feel that darkness, that kind of verse 2 is talking about, that emptiness without God? And... But at the end of verse 2, we get a glimpse of hope in the middle of our mess and in the middle of the world being dark and empty and chaotic and everything was out of whack. We see at the end of verse 2 that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, over the chaos, over the darkness, emptiness. The Spirit of God is there. So this brings me to my second point, life with God. When God does something, when God does anything, when he speaks, as he does in this passage, when he creates, when he sees, when he uh, blesses, when God does anything, we see that it is good. When bad and good run into each other, when there's a kind of clash between God and evil or darkness, the thing that comes out of that is always goodness because God is always going to win. He's always going to push out the darkness and push out the evil and the brokenness and the chaos. 
And he's going to bring something good and beautiful. So this is what it means to have life with God. That God is always going to be there. And he's always going to win. It might not look like it now, but he will. Is there always going to be goodness, flourishing, wholeness? There's going to be life. There's going to be beauty. And we see this all throughout the verses of 3 all the way to the end of chapter 1 and into chapter 2 even. We see this rhythm of God said, and there was, and God saw that it was good. God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that it was good. God said, let there be animals, and there was animals, and God saw that it was good. God said, let there be humans, let there be man and woman. And he saw that it was good. That's amazing. There's nothing in this passage that is bad when God intervenes. So this is what life with God means. It means something that you cannot get anywhere else. I know you might hear that. You might hear, oh, Christianity can offer something that no other religion, nothing can. And while it's easy to dismiss that, and I've done that, it's actually really true. Um, Yeah, and I think I want to touch on one thing where we see this, that Christianity has something you can't offer. Actually, two things, sorry, I lied. Uh, First, I want to look at God creating, God speaking, and the Spirit of God. So in Genesis 1, verse 2, we uh, see that the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. And then we see that God speaks. And in this little chunk of Scripture, we see in verse 26 and 27, God says, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And we're getting a glimpse into what and why God is good. Why? How can that be when there's so much brokenness, when there's so much turmoil, when there's so much anxiety, depression, suicide, addiction? How can that be that God is good? And we get a glimpse of that. Does anyone know what the Trinity is? No? Yeah? No? Okay. So the Trinity, we see this. Trinity is one God. It's God. He's one. He's in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in Genesis 1, we see the Trinity at work. We see the Word of God, which is Jesus, coming out and creating everything. And it's powered by the Holy Spirit. We have the Father speaking, the Son accomplishing, and the Spirit is mediating all that work. Let me just say this. There is no other social media, there's no other religion, there's no other movement, there's literally nothing else that gives you what Christianity gives you in this. There is no God that has always existed in goodness and in beauty and in love and in unity. There's no other God that can offer you that. There's nothing that can offer you that except the one that has always been good. Except the one that whenever he does something, it is always good and it is always beautiful. And this is what we see in Genesis 1. So that's the first reason. God is good because he's always been good. He's always been good within himself. Jesus has always been there. Jesus is the one that came down and died for you and me, for our sins. He was there at the beginning, creating everything. So that's the first reason why you cannot get 
this anywhere else. Why Christianity can offer you something nothing else can. And second is this. When God does something, when he orchestrates something, kind of been hinting at this or been saying it, something beautiful and good always happens in the midst of chaos and disorder. So in verse two, we have these waters. They're crazy. They're life-threatening. And we see God um, separating them and creating something beautiful in it. And I want to remind you of what we're wrestling with this uh, what we're wrestling with tonight. Do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that God can still create good things in a broken world, in this mess? A few days ago, uh, me and some friends, we were doing a puzzle. It's a thousand piece puzzle. And let me tell you something. When you get six people, strong personalities, doing a thousand word puzzle, and you just throw them all on the table, there's going to be chaos. Sam goes crazy on puzzles. I learned that. I've only known her for a few months, but that is one thing I know. Jason, see? Jason is the funniest man I know. And he will add to the chaos. I learned that in trying to figure out what to do with a thousand little pieces of puzzles. Trying to separate them. Trying to uh, get all the edge pieces. It was just crazy. Complete chaos. But as the night went on and as we were working together, something was coming out of this chaos. There was order. There was something beautiful. There was unity. There was humor and love. Um, And in the midst of this chaos of trying to figure out how to make something beautiful and to finish this puzzle. We still haven't finished it yet, by the way. There was something good coming out of it. Out of the chaos, there was coming order. Out of the broken pieces, there was becoming unity and goodness and something beautiful. We could see that. But this world is so broken. And I want to say that God is still doing good things. You can talk to any one of these volunteers. You can talk to each other even. I'm sure you can see something good coming out of this brokenness. God is not scared of you. He's not afraid of your brokenness. He doesn't hold you at arm's distance. He created you. He loves you. He knows you. So why, in the midst of this darkness, would we not go back to our creator? Why would we not go back to the one that made us to be friends with him? And to be co-laborers and workers with him. If you're in here tonight and you feel like there's just brokenness everywhere. There's chaos over your life. There's broken pieces everywhere. I want to invite you to come back. And if you've never been there, come for the first time. It's beautiful. And if you're in here thinking, nah, my life's pretty good. I got my friends. I would challenge you. I got good life. I got good grades. I'm athletic. Whatever. I would challenge you to come into something better. Come into something that's been the same forever. Come into someone that's been the same forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. 
Thank you for your goodness. Um, May we believe it more. Be with us in small group. Let us have good conversations. Let us get to know one another and let us uh, learn more about you. Through Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So uh, right now we're going to go in a small group for the last 12, 15 minutes. And if you are a small group leader, can you, can you, stand, can you stand up? Yeah, Martin. Martin. Yeah, Austin, Jason, Amber, Sam is a small group leader, and I'm a small group leader, Jayana. So if you are a ninth grade boy, you're going to follow me, and we are going to go to the second room.